Chicago Shakespeare just opened a really sort of transformative production of Measure for Measure directed by Henry Godinez. And Henry, my first question is, how did you come to direct Measure for Measure? Did you lose a bet? <laughs> no, actually. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, still in its 16th year, number 830, Measure for Measure. guest, Henry Godinez, is an actor, director, and professor at Northwestern University, the co-founder and former artistic director of Teatro Vista in Chicago, and in addition to acting and directing all over the country, is a resident artistic associate at Chicago's Goodman Theater. His current Chicago Shakespeare Theater production of Measure for Measure just opened last weekend and is getting rave reviews, so I was thrilled to be able to talk to Henry about how his background informed his approach to Shakespeare's famously problem play. You know, I, I love it because it's a problem play. You know, I've, um, I've, I've used a couple of scenes from it for many, many years in my Shakespeare classes. At, um, and it's always been a bit of a conundrum, right? Because um, for a young person to think about, oh, really, I'm going to let my brother die instead of sleeping with this guy? There was a time where that seemed like a ridiculous, um, you know, conflict. But then actually, you know, with, you know, over the last three or four years with the Me Too movement and, and, and so many of the issues that have come up around that, it started seeming a lot less ludicrous, you know, and started to seem very pertinent and very up to um, but, um, but I do love it. Uh, I, I, I think it, there's those scenes are the Angelo scenes and the scene with Claudia were just some of the most beautiful scenes in Shakespeare. So, um, yeah. And then when I just started thinking about it from a very personal point of view, a lot, a lot of the themes of authoritarianism, um, hypocrisy, just, um, you know, I have two daughters, I have five sisters, I was raised by a single mom, so a female point of view uh, has always been very important to me. Um, and I know so your I wife is famously shy and retiring. <laughs> yes. Wow. Talk about misinformation. Uh, yes, yes, yes. That's she why and that's why she and my wife get along so well. <laughs> exactly. She's just a wilting flower, you know. Um <laughs> Very well, quiet. Can you talk to me about your background? Because you 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 have reset um, Shakespeare's Vienna, the setting of the play, to be sort of pre-Castro 1950s Cuba. And so Vienna becomes Havana in a beautifully beautiful way. Um, and how did that inform the the struggles and the conflicts in the play for you? You know, uh, it, it really was a huge for me and I never really intended it to be a like direct specific historical step-by-step -step, uh re uh positioning of the play um because for me um 
it sort of straddles both the you know Havana of the pre-revolution and of the 50s but also the 60 years of the of the Castro revolution since then because for me as I um you know I was born there but I left when I was very young so I didn't really have a, a memory of of the island um of course I grew up just you know inundated with stories uh, very much influenced from a very specific Cuban exile point of view uh about I was raised you know when I was a kid I used to I used to literally have dreams about being chosen a little kid by being chosen by the CIA to go back and assassinate Fidel Castro you know and stuff like that which is what a crazy thing for a kid to dream about um you know and then in in the early 2000s I was invited to go to a seminar uh in Cuba and I went and I met uh, just a remarkable woman named Flora Lauten, who um, was uh, the last Miss Cuba in 1962, became a celebrity in Havana and Cuba from that, became a big movie star, and then ultimately started one of the great, great, great theater companies in Cuba. And like many artists over the decades, became disillusioned by the revolution. And then her work over the last 20 years has been really critical of the revolution and um you know through theater and using you know metaphor to to point out the hypocrisies and the shortcomings of the revolution and she gets away with it because of who she is you know a very special person so i got to know her and her company very very well we collaborated we brought them to chicago to the goodman theater in the latino theater festival we've done work together i've even co-taught with them uh, for Northwestern, we had a, some study summer abroad program there a couple of years. Um, so I, I really got to see uh, and formulate my some thoughts about the revolution and Cuba from both ends, from both sides. And and so for me, this production is a very personal sort of um, way to frame my entire life, to be honest with you. Uh, literally my entire life <laughs> uh, in relation to Cuba. And, wow. the, you know, my experience is that, you know, the dictatorship that was there before the revolution, you know, is not that different than the Castro, um, you know, dictatorship because they were both authoritarians um, and uh, hypocrites in my point of view. Well, it does seem very much like uh, measure for measure seems to be has always struck me as a as a play about fanaticism yeah Conf conflicting forms of it religious political puritanical i guess moralistic yes um does that did did your approach in for change your feelings about the play at all no not at all actually it 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 enriched it. Now it did change it somewhat in that Angelo's, you know, and, and I look very, very closely at the text and what seems to be religious fanaticism in the play, in Shakespeare's play. And certainly he meant it to reflect, you know, the Puritans of Elizabethan England and their sort of, you know, uh, self-righteous piety. Um, in Angelo, in our production, that becomes more of an ideological fanaticism and um, and sort of um, 
self-righteousness. So, you know, and then what's interesting as we as we worked on the play and as we delve, you know, we dove into the dramaturgical historical background, our dramaturg, Nena Torres, uh, Maria de los Angeles Torres, who is a great friend and a great uh, uh, scholar of Cuban po politics, she mentioned when she was a little girl, uh, one of her first memories of the revolution was when her family went out as the 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 rebels were marching into Havana in in January first, nineteen fifty nine, and Nena said that one of the milicianos, one of the revolutionaries, picked her up out of her father's arms and held her, you know, for a photograph. And she remembers seeing around his neck a rosary with red beads, and that image stuck with her forever. So there was, you know, that that kind of helped us see the connection between that that sort of ideological piety and righteousness with the religious righteousness that I think is very, very much a part of Shakespeare's play. And that's why you see Angelo in our production and his guys with those red uh, beaded rosaries around their necks. I'm Ron West. I'm the co-author of The People vs. Friar Lawrence, The Man Who Killed Romeo and Juliet, and you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll be playing Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, next week at the Wharton Center in East Lansing, Michigan, on November 9th and 10th, 2022. For our performances in early 2023, check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with director Henry Godinez, talking about his powerful production of Measure for Measure, running at Chicago Shakespeare Theater through November 27, 2022. There were so many lovely things about the production. Thank you. Not least of which was the world that you created through music and song and performer and diversity that the Duke was abandoning and then Angelo subsequently shuts down. And you really felt the loss because I was sitting there going, oh, cool. This is going to be a measure for measure that's all song and dance and it's kind of fun. And then Angelo shuts it down and I went, oh no, <laughs> here we go. Um, But you really feel that loss and you really felt people felt the characters the duke angelo obviously isabella struggling with their morals with their with their lines i mean that was it was not black and white no no it's you know life is complicated and um and morals and beliefs are complicated uh, I, it was important to us um, that we make Angelo a real human being and that we make the Duke a real human being, you know, and, and Angelo, in spite of being a scumbag, <laughs> you know, ultimately, um, he has to be real, uh, you know, so he, you know, uh, and we were lucky that we have an actor and Adam Poss that is, is so genuine and so compelling and, you know, is not a, is not a cutout type 
actor, you know, he, he makes real connections to the humanity of Angelo's. And uh, I think the more human he really is, and the more he really believes that what he's doing is, I'm sure the Puritans did, as I'm sure that some, you know, people in our country today think that they're doing the right thing. Um, they, they actually, um, you know, are just too closed off from reality to be able to, um, yeah, to do the right thing, for lack of a better word. So, yeah, no, he's, uh, he, he really struggles, you know, and those monologues are clear indications of that. Yeah. Shakespeare makes it clear that he's struggling. Um, but uh, he fails. Well, and the other transformative thing for me is that you provide a weird, not a weird, but a surprising measure of hope at the end that through art, through music, another revolution can happen. It was kind of a rabble rousing call to arms there at the end of measure for measure. I'm so glad you got that. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you got that. That that was really important to me. Um, and it is a weird thing. It was it was risky, and I knew it was risky because what what we're trying to do at the end is leap forward sixty years into today. Yeah. So for me, the hypocrisy and the failures of of authoritarianism, whether it be in the nineteen fifties and before, or in the Castro Revolution for the last sixty years up until now, there is a new uprising that's that's happening on on the island right now and it's it's in the presence of these young black musicians young rappers on the east end of the island and in the movement the sunny cedar movement of these young scholars and and artists in havana all over the island people are rising up saying enough we want to express who we are we want to be free um you know the vast majority of people on the island today were were not born when the revolution happened and they're like what the hell you know yeah. uh so i'm so glad you got that um because yes and and it all it all stems from a really central question for me which is why doesn't isabella answer the duke when he proposes to her you know um twice he mm -hmm. says to her at the end marry me yeah and she never says a single word, not a word. So I was haunted by that. And I kept thinking, why, why, why doesn't she? And, you know, for me, it's because, you know, she decides to go in the other direction. She joins Barnadine, who for me is the representation of those young black rappers and those young scholars and artists that are rising up now. And um, she decides, no, that's where I'm going to go. There is another choice. Um, yes, I'm so glad you got that. Um, you got to be hopeful. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for 60 years, I've been hopeful that things will change. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds. So stick around. Henry Godinez's powerful production of Measure for Measure runs at Chicago Shakespeare Theater through November 27, 2022. Go to chicagoshakes.com for more information. 
Then send us your passionate hypocrisy via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. Thanks as always to moralistic scold Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Suzanne Ross. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks again to playwright, director, and Second City veteran Ron West, whose adaptation of the Comedy of Errors will be remounted at Chicago Shakespeare Theater in March of 2023. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 830, 2490ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Yeah, it's it, 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 the ending of your play is not unlike those of us of a certain age wanting to follow the young people now at the polls, yes. you know, who are leading us to understand the mistakes have been made and the changes we must make. So, yeah. you know. Oh, I'm so glad. Viva la revolution. Exactly. And good timing because, you know, election day is next week. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Let's get on yeah. that. Thank Henry, thank you for this conversation, but also thank you for your production. Bravo, sir. Oh, thank you so much, Austin. I really appreciate that. You're so welcome. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 So much less.